Hi all, welcome to Kryptonite. It's our monthly uh, wrap up of everything fun that is going on in uh, crypto land. And uh, we are about a week late, but uh, we will not be recording uh, December's shit show. We're uh, <laughs> taking some time off uh, just to recharge our batteries, but uh, uh, you know, hope to see you on the other side of 2020. Uh, <laughs> Next year is also going to be 2020. Uh, we seem to be caught in some sort of weird time loop. But anyway, uh, our next recording will be in Jan. So uh, so uh, if we don't uh, meet each other by then, uh, you know, we'll see you uh, on the other side. So without uh, much further ado, uh, so Tejasvi, tell us something about uh, these retards who try to buy a copy of the US Constitution. Oh, yeah. Uh, so apparently it turns out that there are uh, many copies of the Constitution of the US, uh, 14 or 13 or some number like that. And some of them are stored in museums and wherever. And this one copy was in private hands in some person's collection from, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. And he put it up on sale in some auction house. And the thing is, this was just like going around in the usual auction circuit, you know, like there are people who want to buy this stuff. And then some retard, I guess, or pleb or whatever is the equivalent word these days, or degen, degen is another word they use. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, so just to give a context, pleb is plebeian, degen is de degenerate, I guess. I stopped tracking all these words, but uh, you know there are some so many uh, of these slangs. Anyway, some degen found out that this was happening and said, "Hey, why why, why don't we buy it? You know, it's kind of a cool uh, gesture." But then, who is the V? Unknown. And uh, what do they do with it? Unknown. Where do they store it? Unknown. All of that is unknown. But why don't we buy it? Basically. So he creates this uh, DAO, as they call it, and we did a series on DAOs, like I think six months ago where we said that, you know, a bunch of people come together, uh, they put up a, a, a bunch of money maybe, and they kind of have some rules around how do you spend the money? And that's a DAO essentially. And this is exactly what you want. You want a bunch of people coming together and they want to buy this constitution. And of course, uh, the DAO started and uh, there were like some six or seven founders who kind of started the whole thing, and, but they were not special in any way. And then of course, they asked people to contribute to it. They had a Discord channel, a Telegram channel, a bunch of things. <laughs> Contributing to it became a pain in the ass because uh, you have to like actually transfer uh, $200 worth of Ethereum to the DAO. And the Ethereum transaction fees was a hundred bucks at that time. <laughs> so, so people are transferring $200, uh, but they're not paying hundred dollars for that. And that became like a, like a nightmare, but they eventually picked up a lot of money though. They collected, I think approximately $40 million, which is quite a bit of money. And then they actually bid on in Christie's, I guess, or Sotheby's, I don't know which auction house it was. And in the, on the side rolls, you could see that, you know, there were bids of whatever, you know, $20 million and as a side, it was like some X number of ether is being also bid, right? And uh, they lost, uh, and you know who, who actually bought it? <laughs> so Ken Griffin, uh, the infamous Ken Griffin of, uh, of Citadel actually bought the Constitution DAO. Sorry, not the Constitution DAO, he bought the Constitution. So uh, he might have as well bought the DAO itself. Anyway, so the point is, it's 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 no, no, for many reasons. The funny thing is, he he won the bid by like some thousand dollars or something. Exactly. The, the, <laughs> here's the point. The point is, you know how much these guys are willing to bid uh, because the DAO's balance is, is on chain. It's it's a public amount, so there is no amount of uh, there's no level of secrecy or no level of uh, closed card advantage they have. So it's like a, it's like a stupid way to bid on auctions. Uh, I guess you can innovate on how do you make that uh, trans not transparent and stuff like that, but that's like a serious problem with a serious solution. No, no, no. So there's another twist to this because I, I think the auction house uh, insisted that it has to be transferred to a specific wallet, like uh -huh. whatever the 
full amount was they didn't want to risk it you know these guys nobody knows who they are right so they can just moose exactly so, so, <laughs> so, so like, it has to be account, first. <laughs> yeah there has to be some sort of an escrow uh, which which can be transferred over to christie's or whatever right i mean this is a real problem i mean think about it they actually it undercuts to the to the real problem which is there is no to interact with a world which is trusted like in a christie's auction kind of situation where there are a bunch of people who know each other and stuff and this anonymous kind of you know swarm of degens uh it's really difficult to like make the bridge and that's what eventually happened anyway so the the reason the the thing which got even more funnier and more of a clusterfuck was uh they couldn't buy it and now the money has to be returned to the people who returned it but the returning money is not even going to make up for the fees of returning the money back to them so the money is gone essentially it's vaporized uh so right now it's lying in the dow somewhere with the nobody can know how knows what to do with it and uh apparently also there were some other uh, shady shenanigans like uh Uh, they actually said that they would not return it then they would return it and so the the contract is not as uh, transparent as it should be there's like some uh, proxy contract and there is a hint of a rug pull happening but i am not sure so hey, no the- they issued this token called the people people yeah the people is a, is is a, is a token which represents the amount of money you donate to the to the dao so if you have like say 20 people then you can get 20 times 200 bucks so one people is 200 bucks i think uh the So, for people who don't know what a rug pull is, a rug pull is basically you're standing on a rug and it gets pulled underneath you and you fall, I guess. So, and uh, in, in the crypto land, a rug pull means that somebody is maliciously put up a bait or some sort of a thing where uh, contract where you kind of put money and without you realizing it, the money is gone and somebody has rug pulled you basically. And when rug, when somebody rug pulls you, you get uh, wrecked. Wrecked is R E K T, which is the stand uh, start form for wrecked, I guess. Anyway, there is some some hint that it might be a rug pull, but if I'm not sure. uh it's just too too vague too arbitrary it's too far out of my wheelhouse like i i don't even look at this no- nonsense but it captures the imagination of the press because you know it's a constitution and it's a dow and it's christies it's auctions it's wine it's glory it's sexy whatever right i guess that's what the the, the whole thing is it's eventually it will be just like some sort of a, a token which is worthless and you know who whatever right? who cares Right, and, and the funny thing about this is uh, they didn't have to go through this DAO to to reach the same place, right? Like they could have. Uh, how how do you think foundations raise money? So they hold a gala, they invite people to donate so that they can go out and buy the stuff. Exactly. So yeah, so why the hell do you need the DAO? The you only don't. guy who got rich here is uh, you know the Ethereum holders because of all the gas fees and shit. Exactly. So it's <clears throat> it's it's it's. so this is actually a very profound truth by the way what you are saying that most things that can be done on a dao or on the blockchain or whatever it is it can be done in real life with almost no loss of trust whatsoever and uh, sometimes the regulators might not be happy with what you are doing and for a good reason most of the times and if you want to circumvent the regulators go ahead and do it uh, you might get rug pulled or you might make money but on an average it's likely that you will get rug pulled or it will be not as efficient as uh, the real life uh, or you know in a real digital world you know like it's not like i'm asking you to physically go and you know give something to somebody you can just send it over a email or a, or whatever it is some some sort of a trusted communication channel which will work equally well so this whole blockchain snake oil uh, goes on all the way from constitution dao all the way to like some defi application which also can be done more efficiently on a aws server or something like that so it it's it's all I mean, you know where I stand on this, right? So this is kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much what it is. Absolutely, and uh, the funny thing uh, <clears throat> after this was the whole Indian crypto scene. 
okay <laughs> which is which is sort of satire at this point <laughs> so i'll tell you the, the, the of all the indian crypto things i've seen this month the most the one which takes the cake is the flipkart flipkart uh, ex founder i guess uh, samir uh, no sachin bansal is the name i guess yeah. one of the bansal yeah. uh, binir yeah. sachin i'm not sure which one it is he is, has started a new mutual fund apparently Uh, called the navi mutual fund uh, which is yeah. kind of an interesting name uh, and he wants to do he wanted to do a fund of fund uh, which would invest in some blockchain fund and i'm like hey this blockchain funds are interesting are they buying bitcoin are they buying ethereum what is the blockchain fund buying can i read you what the blockchain fund is buying <laughs> it's buying salesforce uh, microsoft <laughs> gazprom capgemini oracle <laughs> tesla accenture in- in- infosys cognizant <laughs> sap honeywell alibaba samsung <laughs> this is the blockchain fund my friend and sachin bansal wants to introduce a mutual fund fund of funds which will buy this blockchain fund incredible man so ali this is like the, remember there was a uh, ad where uh, somebody had a lime juice there was a lime soda company which used to sell you know whatever there there was a junk junk stock basically and they added a blockchain to their world to their name right, 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 right. blockchain lime soda or something and they, their valuation rocketed by 1000% or something Yeah, it just blows my mind. I mean, it's happened before. This is like Wolf of Wall Street uh, all over again. But uh, I guess, well, you know, I, I'm not. I, you know, honestly, I'm not against people trying to rebrand because uh, this joke is pretty old. You know, you have a stall which says lemonade, uh, you know, twenty five cents, and next, and nobody is going there. Empty line. <clears throat> next to that is cleanser, two dollars. <laughs> No, but if it's if it's a, if it's a juice cleanser, I don't mind it. If it's lemonade powered by AI, I mind it. <laughs> so rebranding, where you say, you know, I rebrand with you know something. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a cleanser today. Tomorrow I'm a Ayurvedic uh, whatever, right? Something. It's it's I can see the logic. But lime soda powered by AI, I mean, give me a break, man. So this is what this is the level of rebranding happening, and people are falling for it. And I'm like, yeah. That's, well, that's uh, anyway, what, I mean, what, what else happened in the Indian crypto scene? I have not been following it that much. So uh, obviously, uh, the government is very skeptical about uh, the use case of most of these tokens, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they don't want. Uh, first of all, uh, they are like, we don't want you guys to say that this is any type of currency. It does not. You know, you can't use it. you can't go to your panbida shop and say here's you know a half a bitcoin you know give me something right so uh, so first of all they had that problem so now they're making everybody re re brand as crypto assets it's no longer cryptocurrency yeah so it's a crypto asset exchange it's no longer a cryptocurrency exchange <clears throat> and and then you know uh, they're obviously worried about we don't have this <clears throat> full convertibility right so we can't just go and buy dollars randomly you need to fill out a form specify the purpose and you're supposed to use the dollars only for that purpose um so i don't know if the last time you transferred money out of india so Never. okay so uh, it is it is uh, you know a hellscape all in itself um so <laughs> welcome to the world of capital controls <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, the thing is the rbi Reserve Bank of India wants complete traceability into who bought dollars, why they bought it, when they bought it, where did they send it to, and how they used it. So what they make you do is uh, fill out a form 
uh, with some 100 different categories. Okay, it's called the form A2. As to why are you sending the money out? Is it to buy stocks? Is it to buy real estate? Is it to uh, buy shares of an unlisted company, listed company? Is it to buy samples? Is it to buy, you know, it's like covers, uh, they try to cover everything. And you have to fill, why are you transferring funds? And the bank is supposed to keep that on file and present to the RBI whenever they, you know, uh, ask for it, if they want to trace, uh, you know, how, many, how much uh, people are sending out. And there is a limit of $200,000 uh, a year beyond which you can't send money out as an individual. So they have all these rules in place. So they are obviously shitting their pants when, uh, you know, like a, a crypto exchange here can just take uh, rupees and convert it to, you know, like a uh, stable coin or whatever. Yeah. Right. So it's basically like a Hawala channel. That, exactly. Uh, people An have official opened. one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so they are like uh, ban, the, ban this, right? Because we can't trace this. And if you want both capital controls and uh, traceability and all these things, then we can't be responsible for what's going on in crypto line. You know, it's like a back back door that you opened up. So, uh, so uh, the counter proposal from the uh, <clears throat> crypto community in India, and this is why I call it like satire, right? Is to create a fully KYC India wallet. Okay. What does so, that mean? It means that all Indians, right, uh, will have to do KYC and their wallet will be linked to that in the system. Okay. So all exchanges have said that they will create this, uh, you know, India wallet and all transactions and everything will be through that for, okay. for an individual. No, so, so are they, are, are they saying, so here's a quick question on this, right? Uh, let's say I have some Bitcoin stored in uh, in uh, Wazir X or whatever, one of these exchanges. And I want to withdraw money into my own self-custody. I create a private key public key on my laptop and I want to give it to them to send it there, right? Uh, that would not be possible if they make a rule that says that India wallet is the only place you can withdraw money to. Yes. So you can never withdraw money uh, <clears throat> outside of the India wallet's control. Yes. <clears throat> so it's, it's like self... Uh, contain thing because yeah. this is peer to peer. So once you uh, withdraw it to your own uh, private wallet, right? You can do a peer to peer transfer to anybody in this world. Exactly. Which RBA doesn't want you to do. Which is the point of Bitcoin, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> RBA doesn't want you to do that. And uh, at least not without filling out a lengthy form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so the proposal is, you know, we will do this. But that defeats the whole purpose of the whole crypto ecosystem, uh, you know, the point of absurdity. So what yes. exactly, are, are, you know, is the purpose of this exchange and just speculating on crypto assets? Yes, pretty much. Ex ex speculating on crypto asset prices across the world in some, I don't know, yeah, some it's speculation. There's nothing else to it. Yeah, there's uh, nothing else to it. No, but and, is, how, how do they implement this, right? That is the tricky part. I mean, it's easy to talk about it in a very abstract sense. But actually implementing it is not that trivial because uh, they have to ensure that Bitcoin itself cannot be transferred into some other place other than the India wallet. And that is technically not possible. So they have to regulate it in a way in which says that if you don't use this particular software, what you're doing is illegal. 
and what you are doing is basically uh, and this will be a very difficult one to defend in court actually even in india which is not as strong about free speech as the us is it will still be very difficult to defend i think personally because what you are doing technically is constructing a bunch of words and that's it and saying that you cannot write the string in some forum is like a very and the string doesn't even read like anything it's just a random number of bunch of numbers right so if it goes down to that uh, defending this will be pretty hard i think no well it's a bit like the say i go to wazir x yeah. i send in 100 bucks okay yeah. to, uh, now i have been kyc by <coughs> wazir x and my kyc details are linked to the wallet in wazir x yeah. okay now i go and buy bitcoin and it goes into that kyc wallet yeah now <coughs> if i want to transfer it i can only transfer it to another kyc wallet so all the crypto exchanges will be so here is a question uh, when you say transfer it only to a kyc wallet uh how do they do that like in typically exchanges when you say you want to withdraw money one let's say withdraw in bitcoin from an exchange they ask you for a public key and you're saying that they will not accept a public key which is coming from a non kyc wallet but there is no difference public keys look exactly the same how do they distinguish between the two of them Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So this is a problem. So the the the, the thing is, eventually, I think a lot of these questions about regulations on crypto currencies, they they start breaking down when you get in the implementation layers. I mean, yeah, this is a fundamental is, difference. See, supposing I have hundred bucks of Bitcoin in my KYC wallet, man. Yeah. Okay. And let's say tomorrow, uh, Azirex does a scan and it finds out that there's only fifty bucks of Bitcoin wallet. 50 bucks so what happened to the other 50 they can ask you right because if the transaction did not go through wazirx yeah right? you say that you will do it to your own private account your own computer based key yeah and then you you say that you lost the key right so i don't think these guys have thought it through <laughs> so no, no, this is actually a a, a, a fairly uh, i mean if you think about it i mean i i keep talking about it because i believe in this very fundamentally is that the 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 idea why bitcoin is actually censorship resistant and all of that is because implementation of controls is very hard like implementation of controls needs central choke points where you can actually say for example cash is a central choke point and it's not a central choke point it's actually a decentralized setup right cash is with everybody so getting cash out from everybody is actually very difficult but some of managed the indian government managed to do that which blew my mind by the way back then uh because they had this uh, the cache you know the government had a cache with people which said that people will i mean it was actually a bet in some sense uh so uh, in again this is a personal theory which is that modi bet his personal charisma and personal strength of force saying that this is a new law and you guys have to follow it and everybody said yeah we have to follow it because we have to uh but if they didn't follow it if they had sued it if they had filed a case in court it i don't know whether it would have actually held uh, against uh, uh, the constitution of india maybe i'm not sure anyway so the, the point being that implementation is where a lot of these things fall and you are right that they could say that you know if you do this you are you are illegal if you if you don't withdraw money to a software this the of this type which is downloaded from this app store then what you are doing is illegal if they say that then i don't know 99% of the people might not do it right so it's it might just work so yeah so i think that the kind of walking a line where uh, even though it's technically possible they have just outlawed yeah right so uh, so that's the bet that they're making saying uh, because even now it's not like hawala does not exist 
right hawala exists and people use that channel uh, every day to you know transact uh, currencies illegally now the thing is they know that it is illegal and they are voluntarily doing something that they know it is illegal so tomorrow if the police catches them they have uh, laws on the statute books it says you did this it is illegal so now you are in jail yeah so that's all they want to codify at this point i, I think this is exactly what they will do here as well uh, and the fear of not of breaking the law is what will keep people from doing it Right. Uh, and in terms of uh, you know this whole thing is a farce because we already have this thing called the digi locker in india yes okay so which they have been pushing you know for uh, years now saying you digitize all your uh, records and put it there and it is you know uh, uh, linked to your phone or and aadhar and what not so <clears throat> uh, this ends up being the crypto version of digi locker yeah I mean, and, the question of self-custody comes in here. Whether whether there will be like a hosted setup where it's in some government database, and whether they can just empty it out without your consent, or whether it actually has self-custody, which is unknown. Uh, so I I, well, I I have a feeling. So today, like Modi. So Modi has already launched some national blockchain initiative. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I, I guess it closely follows the national AI initiative. <laughs> and the national quantum computer initiative so <laughs> along with the bullet train initiative <laughs> hey that one is real apparently Dude, that bullet train right i launched in the first budget and since then whenever i have nothing else to shit post on twitter and i oh by the way what happened to that bullet train <laughs> you 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 are living you are living on thin ice man you don't know who's going to come after you I mean, you don't want to get cancelled, do you? <laughs> I think I'm already cancelled. Forget that. <laughs> I may be on that. <laughs> oh man! So, so uh, today, you know, uh, they were all trying to pump up this gift city. Okay, so <laughs> which is <laughs> there some good of, infrastructure, something, right? Uh, uh, it's some fi- finance and uh, technology, and technology city. Okay. sounds good okay it's in the middle of nowhere <clears throat> nobody wants to live there it's a bunch of buildings and the only thing there is uh if you want to set up uh, a hedge fund that takes money from uh, people outside of india and invest in stuff outside of india it's like a sandbox within which you can do that it's a safe haven so to speak yeah <clears throat> so it's like a, a financial csc yeah okay. yeah yeah now it is bizarre because you can just introduce like four lines of laws right that makes mumbai the de facto global financial center it doesn't have to be this complicated why does it have to be a geographical area no, because that's how you make money the the contractors <laughs> are building the compounds you know this is this is true. this is the classic grift right i mean the idea is you give a bunch of contracts to these people who will make money and they are like your friends or whatever or they're yourselves in a in a different account or whatever your own account basically and then you make a law and then make the money if you give it to the bombay bombay already has laws already has a lot of these infrastructures so you your money it's it's an obvious corruption this is corruption on like plain corruption I and mean, there's nothing else to it right <laughs> so they have unprecedented a couple of banks to go set up some <laughs> 
that. Oh, man. And uh, they were like, uh, you know, so many crores uh, they have invested. So, <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as the bullet train from Mumbai to Gibson City comes, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's actually like, so for me, uh, at some <clears throat> level, it's also tragic uh, that this can open corruption can go on in front of you and all you have to do, uh, all you, and you just like overlook it or you paint it as if, you know, it's infrastructure uh, improvement or whatever it is. Whereas, you know, the Bangalore is overflowing, the lakes are uh, white froth or whatever, right? There's no, so many, <laughs> it's, it's madness is to think about what's happening in the, in the real world where it matters. And people are like wasting money on, I mean, so there is this actually very, uh, going back to our, our, to our uh, previous discussion, there is a famous article written in 2014 uh, by one of the Bitcoin people called a speculative attack on other currencies. So basically it says how, uh, basically what people will do, they'll take weak currencies, they will borrow heavily in that. And then they will buy Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is your classic attack on a weak currency, essentially. And eventually it will culminate at the dollar. But before dollar, it will take away all sorts of low-lying currencies, right? And of course, capital controls is your only way of defending against that. And that's why RBI is so serious about capital controls. Capital controls is like, if you talk to a normal Joe Blow on the street or whatever is the, the Amit, Amit on the street, he will not really appreciate why capital controls are a thing. Unless you dig deeper into why capital controls are, are, are enforced, you will not know why uh, governments are scared because then your, your currency debases very quickly and then you have like you, you cannot import and life will become completely like, like, like a shit star. Uh, and I think that's it's not appreciated enough. And I think inflation numbers in India have been somehow uh, trailing below the interest rate. Like I actually look at inflation numbers in India pretty closely and it's still somehow hold that the 10 year yield is still around 6% or whatever, right? And and inflation is still around 6%. So, and I have a feeling it's reasonable. It's not like, uh, in the US, the CPI sounds unreasonably low, but in the U India, what is your take? Is Indian CPI's numbers reasonable? 6.5%, 6 is that reasonable? Or is that like a... Uh, see, India is too diverse to have one CPI number. That's always been my take. Ah. <clears throat> because uh, the basket of goods that we consume, it's up some 20% over the last year. Is, it, so is us, it true? Do you feel inflation that? is up? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so my my problem is, uh, it is something uh, that economists say that you can substitute, right? So nobody is forcing me to order everything online from Big Basket and you know just chill at home and do this. Uh, I I can technically go to the Saraki market. Uh, every Sunday and buy my uh, groceries and everything from there. So if you if I do that, yeah, six percent CPI is 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 fine. It's, that's what it says. But uh, you know, uh, if you consider uh, you know my expenses uh, for the same thing, you know, from just take food for example, right? Egg prices shot up. Uh, you know, uh, the price of uh, dining out has shot up. The price of uh, you know uh, ordering food in has shot up, uh, not because, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I would say that depending on your consumption basket, you're experiencing inflation quite differently. Yeah, so somebody said that inflation is like a vector. So it's not like a single number. It's like, you know, it depends on the person. Even for the person, it depends on like their stage of life. And there's a lot of things like, you know, it's a complex phenomenon, I agree. And a lot of it also can, can be traced back to you, the petrol prices in India. Right? Indian petrol prices have been not the... really, man. So, for example, right, uh, Nandini milk. Yeah. Okay. Inflation is 2%. I mean, the price of milk has not really gone up. 
but heritage milk where you can actually go and see the cow from which your milk is going to be coming out and you drink that right that has <laughs> exponentially gone up whoa yeah so, so, so what's happening with nandini then nandini is just regular milk this is like organic you know fully no, traceable there, there has to be you know non stressed right? out cows no unless they, are, unless they are uh, they are making it stretch somehow how how are they getting more supply no because the input is uh, subsidized right input to the ah, farmer so basically price control yeah output is uh, also subsidized to a certain extent because okay. everybody drinks nandini milk so the price is set by a board so exactly so if if you have price control then a lot of things can happen i mean Yeah. then of course supply quality will drop but that's something that nobody talks about yeah the quality cannot drop overnight right because a cow is going to give you milk for 6 months whether you like it or not so yeah. you might as yeah. well just supply it and make some money out of it interesting interesting anyway so uh, coming back uh, my, my point is that uh, this capital controls eventually will become more important yeah. and i think more people so, will figure it out so they will figure it out but uh, the problem is hope springs eternal and you need to pay money and pay taxes in rupees and yes, you see yes. what's going on in, in turkey and uh, you know what happened in uh, in Lebanon. argentina right yeah yeah exactly so all these places uh, instead of uh, you know having strict capital controls which uh, because of some idiotic imf program they did not have uh, they allowed people to have dollar deposits within the same bank Yep. Right. So when you earn money in uh, lira, you can convert it immediately and keep it in dollars in your same bank. Yeah. So what happens is, uh, you know, some smart guys would keep all the savings in dollars because they don't trust the peso or the lira or whatever. And during times of stress, the government has this tendency to freeze these dollar accounts. Argentina. Yeah. Exactly. So you cannot withdraw it when you want it the most. So, uh, so it is kind of like a, you know. uh degrees of trust that people have in the yeah. government so at the no, end of the day it's it's a democratic government right you elected these buffoons yeah. to to lead you so there is this certain amount of trust uh that goes into this process and saying that i will not trust anybody is kind of like a you know depressing way to live i also right? you so, cannot grow your own food you cannot have a gun and guard your own house it's just not going to work right you got to trust the police yeah. you got to trust the system some sense some sense Yeah, no, I, yeah, I see that the whole libertarian utopia is not happening. I get that, but my hope, and my hope is actually pretty strong here, is that the fact that Bitcoin and these cryptocurrencies exist will make central banks and other people who are in power think about it. They know that there is an escape valve, which is a, a pretty shitty escape valve for most people because they can't use it that well, but it exists. And because it exists, I hope some control kind of comes in. People will be more serious about uh, policies that make sense and not, you know, a gift money to gift city or whatever, right? Uh, no i think uh, you know i have another take to this which is uh, what is to make is uh, the us fed an opening potent uh, you know controller of all world economy so bitcoin is not going to be uh, the stand in for capital flight it is going to be uh, the us fed issued cbdt <clears throat> but how will they issue it so it will be issued on chain so they will issue it anybody anyone in the world can buy it and that will be the end of other world currencies and other central banks yes you could say that uh because the bitcoin price when linked to the dollar is too volatile to act as anything and the whole deflationary nature of bitcoin means that it can't be used uh you know instead of currency if care about growth 
So that right. is a different thing. I have a different opinion on that. Yeah. We so I was that. reading this book recently called uh, Money for Nothing. Okay. Okay. It's not not by, not by the dire states, right? Uh, not by uh, not by uh, money uh, from nothing. Okay. okay. Yeah. Money from nothing. Okay. So uh, this is uh, basically an MMT book. Okay. Of course. Why oh, was it yeah. written by Stephanie Kelton? Uh, no, she was not a part of it. But uh, the, the second half of the book was about MMT, which I kind of thought I should take a gun and blow my brains out, but <laughs> it made no sense. No, but you should uh, give and, your listeners uh, honestly. MMT is nothing that, new. You should hmm. give your listeners a kind of a couple of minutes overview of what MMT is. Yeah, so MMT basically says that money is uh, uh, is primarily a way of retiring debt. Okay. It is not an asset. It's a way of retiring debt. So everybody is born into debt. So you you have to take money in order to retire your debt. So one of the crux, the, the key thing here is that if uh, there's no reason why uh, you should be poor, that you cannot eat properly or, you know, have a life of leisure or just work for, you know, four hours a day, uh, four days a week. If you need money, the central bank can just give it to you. Okay. And you take, you can take that money and do whatever you want with it. If you want to smoke weed, do it. You know, <clears throat> because you can have the life that you always wanted. Exactly. <laughs> and the, the reason why you're not, and the reason why you're not having it is because of the Republicans. Yes. <laughs> Who think that people have to work for money. <laughs> every dollar that you that the government spends, it needs to raise that much in taxes. But in reality, it doesn't work that way. When you pay your taxes, uh, the the tax taxing authority IRS in the US just cancels your debt, which is what you owed them. That's and it. And their money is just taken out of circulation. And the only, money, the only reason to take the money out of circulation <coughs> is to prevent inflation. Yeah. So, and uh, how do you prevent inflation? Well, the Fed has a lot of dashboards. Okay. <laughs> so, if the Fed sees prices going up. It can always do something about it, either through fixing the price. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, preventing uh, exports, preventing exports. But you know so, these things. So basically, about, MM- these have been done before. Like you remember onion export ban and all that. Look, MMT is nothing new. That's why you know that was my first thought, which is uh, India has been doing this uh, forever. And it's a signing example as to why MMT should not be tried anywhere else in this world. <laughs> uh, it is a ridiculous concept. And uh, you're basically betting that a bunch of bureaucrats uh, who have who are not being directly uh, elected by a democratic uh, process is going to control your money supply and your asset prices. It is ridiculous. Um, you might as well, you know, like have you met our bubbles? <laughs> you really want them <laughs> to control anything? <laughs> Uh, so imagine doing that in the US. It's going to be uh, a disaster. <clears throat> but, yeah, but I mean, it's happening. Though. I mean, there's a lot of uh, lot of cachet for it. So, uh, look, I'm not saying you should be completely, uh, you know, heartless and say, you know, you're poor. You know, you don't have a reason to exist. That's not what it is. If a section of the population can be helped by giving them money, so be it. 
but to wrap it up in this whole economic program is insane that's it just is. insanity it is it uh, is so uh, so, so anyway so that is the second, how is this book money from nothing the second half of that book can be ignored okay <laughs> whole mm is nonsense but the first half is about the history of money in the us <clears throat> okay okay uh, i saw you on twitter arguing about you know how nixon took uh, you know uh, the dollars out of the gold standard but fdr took it out of the gold standard i know i know so, the, so okay. the, no that was nominal this was like that was real but this was nominal yeah so so the thing is uh, it goes back to the role of money in society okay and what you mean it to be so even uh, you know back in the day uh, the role of uh, you know uh, a central fed was vigorously debated very you know? much uh, it was a private and, bank you know that right in in london the yeah, bank of london england was, was a private bank yeah and the reason why you know gold by accident happened to be you know uh, backing it was also explained in the book it, it's a you know it was an accident that money was actually backed by anything to start with and the uh, and the third thing is the reason why you see us uh, grow so well is because they trusted you know the the people to do the right thing and they took currency out of uh, you know uh, a gold backed uh, standard they allowed enough money supply for the economy to grow so even though uh, you know earlier so let's say a dollar cost a dollar and only one person had a dollar it's a societal win win okay if a dollar now costs only 50 cents but three people have a dollar each do you believe that or are you just uh, presenting the book i am presenting the book um and in in a way see my own you know <clears throat> uh, uh looking at things has changed over the years okay so when i started off uh you know after after college right so i had no money okay so and my dad was fairly uh, clear about this it's like from now on you're on your own <laughs> i'm not going to give you anything more <clears throat> okay so you know at that point i was always like yeah you know i i want higher minimum wages because freaking you know <laughs> the pizza cost too much yeah the, you know i was a teaching assistant and i was like i need more money <laughs> so and obviously you know i want my rent to be low and uh, you know all that stuff uh, and then you know over a period of time i started earning and i started earning more and i started earning well and i'm seeing all the social security uh, taxes my payroll taxes my new york city tax my new york state tax oh my god <laughs> Where's the money going? It's I bad. want tax cuts. <laughs> you are lazy. I want you to go work. <laughs> you know. So, uh, so I think this is uh, primarily um, how you think about this is uh, based on your situation in life, and the way you know uh, income is distributed. Right? Uh, it is basically you know uh, the top earners are outnumbered. There are very few doctors and engineers and so on. but there are a lot of waiters and uh, teachers you know, auto drivers teachers, whatever right yeah whatever so and everybody gets one vote yeah so uh, over a period of time you have to kind of admit that it is your fate and if you want to live in a democratic country uh, <clears throat> in order for not to get lynched by these fellows uh, you need to kind of uh, take your lumps and just pay up uh, it's it's a cost of living in a country 
it know, is. I mean, so uh, yeah. I think that the problem actually also is that when you start uh, looking at other examples, like I think socialism and communism tried exactly this, right? They said, okay, you know what? Nobody should earn more because if uh, the, the, this guy earns more, then this guy will earn less. And they said, you know, let's redistribute and stuff. I mean, the whole redistribution theory has been studied, overstudied, written about, like, I don't know, there's like thousands of books, right? Yeah, uh, so I'm not, so this is where I think uh, things get murdered. So it, I'm against redistribution. Okay. okay. But I am for doing everything else with, the, with that cash, like infrastructure, oh, education, okay. Okay. you know, teach people how to, but that is fungible, right? That's almost like redistribution because you're saying that everybody has to build things together, but you will pay more for the building. He will pay less for the building. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. So, okay. so, so for a way of redistributing, but not quite. Yeah. So I don't want to directly give money to some lazy bum who is going to smoke weed with it. Yeah. Okay. You, you would rather give it to the for... government, which builds the road, but both of you use the road. Yeah. That's a fair take, but I mean, it, I think it's tempting, but I think it, re- it reduces to the same thing. If I think about it more, maybe I'm not sure. Uh, so anyway, so what else yeah. about crypto? I want to talk about a couple of other things. Uh, yeah. One is, of course, a, a, a topic close to my heart, which is that uh, after five, four or five years of, of uh, not having any sort of things happening on Bitcoin, this last month, uh, Bitcoin had a protocol upgrade, as they call it. Uh, basically means that a few other features are possible at the protocol layer. And of course, as we have written before and we've talked, before, uh, talked about before, Bitcoin is very conservative. It doesn't do a lot of changes. And... Uh, this change was uh, surprisingly consensus uh, was reached across all the participants in the network, people, users, exchanges, banks, uh, whoever it is, right? Miners, all of them. And then the the upgrade actually triggered. And what the upgrade does is actually fairly technical and not, I would say it's not relevant to the price action, so to speak. Uh, So it's mostly allows a bit of privacy. It allows people to uh, make some more efficient transactions, which doesn't take as much space on on the blockchain. And also it allows you to do certain types of transactions that were not possible before. But the, 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 the entire upgrade is very, uh, I would say, uh, uh, trivial in terms of what it does compared to how much it was hyped up to be. Because the hype is actually around the idea that it actually, Bitcoin changed at all. Because people are like now expecting Bitcoin to never change. My personal guess is this, was the last, this is the last, last upgrade that we will see in our lifetime. I might be wrong. I might be right. I don't know, but it's it's a it's a it's a reasonable guess, I think. So, contrary to that, yesterday Vitalik Buterin, who is the uh, chief benevolent dictator of, of of Ethereum, he put up a roadmap of Ethereum 2.0, which is the non- upcoming set of things on Ethereum. It looks like a project diagram roadmap from some corporation like Google or somebody written by a product manager who has no clue about engineering or who has no clue about anything else. I mean, I mean, of course, he's a smart guy. So I, I don't get me wrong. He's a super smart guy. But the, the diagram was just meant to placate investors, I think, because investors or gamblers or speculators, whatever you want to call them, they now figure out that Ethereum is kind of slow for the smart contract thing. And they're moving towards Solana, Avalanche, Polkadot, Cardano. There are like just so many of them. All are smart contract platforms where you can run a smart contract and it will do a decentralized exchange or a, a lending protocol or whatever it is it is that you want to do on smart contracts. Uh, so there are five, six of them now and they're very fast uh, and they're very cheap. Uh, and Ethereum, as so, we discussed with the constitution, is very expensive. So how, how are you guys faster and cheaper than Ethereum? So it's a, it's a, it's a question of 
how much you want to decentralize versus how much you want to centralize so if you run something on amazon aws it's as fast as the network speed is is pretty much or computing speed is you can run super fast so google does i don't know 200000 request per second or whatever right uh but if you want to distribute everything to every computer in the world that's going to be slow so, de- so decentralization almost by definition makes it slow and ethereum is trying to straddle this balance between development approval fast running all the good stuff that bitcoin talks about sorry all the things that we want from a smart contract platform with the decentralization narrative of bitcoin so it has to this and the others are solana avalanche they don't even give a fuck they are like we are smart contract platforms we will execute smart contracts done so so solana is run by 20 validators which is basically a 20 nodes essentially and if something happens they have to manually go and do some configuration changes to make it work <laughs> reboot so yeah, and they did reboot it like the solana network went offline for like 18 hours like in i don't know last month or something right that's that's okay but people because people so here is the problem the problem is bitcoin gave you this umbrella of unregulated financial speculation and then all the centralized actors are coming up and taking over this this thing while bitcoin is kind of slowly fading into this uh, very old technology which just does one thing and just does that one thing well which is government proof money eventually people don't want government proof money they want to make money and to make money you have to invent centralized systems because those are efficient those will let you make money speculate all the good stuff that wall street has been doing for like i don't know 55 60 years so it will so all the wall street sharks are in the defi land now and uh, they want cheaper and faster transactions obviously and you know how much they worried about faster transactions back in the day right uh, they are used to like locate data centers uh, next to each other and they have to oh, make a regulation saying that you know the wires have to go around the block and stuff right <laughs> So, so, so most of these uh, uh, so-called exchanges, right? Uh, they're all on fucking AWS, okay? And uh, they got, they have figured out a way to ping them and find out which particular node in AWS is that fucking uh, exchange located. Exactly. And and they'll keep uh, you know creating uh, you know there what is that ECS or something ECS instance. ping from there and see you know how long does the ping take too long shut it down create Next another one, one. Next yeah one. go to the other so, zone go to virginia go to like wherever no they, they already know which zone is this because most of these fuckers are on us one east or some shit okay <laughs> <laughs> so over there they're just trying to you know figure out which uh, server uh, they can instantiate to get the shortest ping and then locate the trading service there it's insane so uh, so you think that this is some sort of you know new stuff no uh, it's not it's it's, it's, it's way ahead of it need the old uh, new boss same as the old boss but here's the thing right like uh, gary gensler the sec uh, chair he's a smart guy he's done he has given courses on on bitcoin and blockchains in uh, mit and stuff uh, he knows this and he knows this very well that this is just regulatory escape for a while till it lasts and ethereum is actually moving towards uh, becoming more like a stock offering where they will people who have more money can vote on what transactions go through so this is called proof of stake uh, proof of stake is the esg version of proof of work and because it's esg it cannot pollute the environment uh, people get together who have more money and decide on what's what's the best thing to do it sounds very similar but because it is very similar i think and then it will become a true, true security and then uh, all these other weird laws will apply so i don't know how it will pan out but it will take a while until that while a uh, lot of money to be made 
uh, and people will make money and people will lose money and shit happens. And uh, I mean, I'm just, because I'm a kind of a, uh, I'm interested, I, I look at this as a, as a curious observer while still trying to work on, on Bitcoin. Because I think that's at least trying to be true to what it's supposed to be. It's not trying to pretend to be ESG. It's not pretending to be fast. It's not pretending to be scalable. Its purpose is only one thing and just that one thing, which is government-proof money. And that's what it's trying to do, which we'll see how so, it goes. So these other smart contract platforms, right? Like Solana, for example, is that still proof of stake? or? Uh... Yeah, so, so other than Ethereum, everybody's proof of stake. Uh, Solana, okay. Avalanche, Algorand, uh, Definity, Cardano, Polkadot, you name it. Anybody who's launched in the last uh, four years are proof of stake. So Ethereum, Dogecoin, Litecoin, of course, Bitcoin are probably the only proof of work currencies. Uh, there are a couple of other alternates like proof of space and stuff. Like there is Kia, Chia or whatever, Chia network or whatever it is. There are a couple of others which do proof of something else, uh, but not exactly uh, work or it's like space and history and some whatever else. But they all eventually generate, regenerate to proof of uh, stake. So proof of work is mostly Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dogecoin. And Litecoin and Dogecoin are mined together by the way. So they do what is called merged mining. So Dogecoin is actually mined on the Litecoin network, which is a weird... Uh, technical detail. So I would say only three proof of work networks exist right now. Okay. Okay. So that probably explains why Solana has become so popular, right? Yeah, it's fast. It's fast. It's uh, cheap. Same with Avalanche as well. So Avalanche is what is typically in the business is called a professor coin uh, because all these yeah. distributed systems professors uh, got really pissed about the fact that Satoshi Nakamoto beat them to this punch. And they were like, hey, we have been working on this for like 35 years. Where is our reward, right? So they all designed their own systems because it's all very similar. And now once the, the, the idea is out, you can clone it very easily. And every professor has come up with his coin. So Algorand is backed by uh, Turing Award winner Silvio Mikali, who's like a serious guy. Uh, Avalanche is backed by Emin Gunserer, who's like another professor from Cornell. If you go down, there's a whole, okay. the list of professor coins is quite a, quite a few. And uh, that's how it is. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, I mean, uh, with India inching towards uh, you know, um, <clears throat> this completely uh, transparent uh, crypto, uh, you know, set of regulations, right? If, if SEBI ends up being the regulator for, for crypto, uh, then, it, then you can expect pretty much, uh, you know, the same sort of uh, set of rules they'll try to bring in uh, for these assets as well. So I think, uh, you know, uh, for someone like me, I've just been waiting in the sidelines because I don't want to get caught up with this, uh, you know, ban scenario where, you know, my money goes poof. Um, and anyway, I, you know, uh, the, my take on this whole crypto stuff was uh, long gone or the days when uh, people thought it was, uh, you know, uh, people had to, uh, this is great for, uh, you know, storing wealth and saving wealth and all that. Uh, because I feel that if we ever get to that stage where I have to dip into my Bitcoin savings to buy tomatoes, uh, I'll probably need a gun more than I need uh, a crypto wallet at that point. I agree. Um, uh, so, uh, so for me, uh, you know, it has always been, uh, can, can we apply any of this current stuff uh, into Bitcoin line? And I think in India, at least, uh, uh, one of the uh, benefits I saw uh, in crypto was there was no STT, which is Securities uh, Transaction, yeah, Transaction tax. tax. I know that. It's pretty low, right, uh, still? Depends on your frequency of trading. So uh, in trading, right, uh, the faster you trade, the lesser risk you take. 
of course but if you tax every transaction then you know the cost of risk management shoots up mm. so if uh, any of these exchanges uh, you know offer like high speed uh, it need not be high high speed just an api based trading stuff uh, and the whole crypto asset space escapes this uh, securities transaction tax nonsense uh then it would be a great space to just apply existing algos aha uh-huh. uh and you can you know uh, you can have a ball assets behave in the same way though uh yeah so uh see the thing is uh that's a little bit your, sad for me actually well you know uh an asset is an asset right so that's you know true. you're there to and humans and, are humans and, uh, yeah and uh, the other thing is if uh look the current uh traditional finance setup in india is a siloed nightmare okay so if you want to trade nifty futures or nifty options nse is the only place where you can do it why because nse owns the ip it's a national stock exchange they create the nifty index which you need to license from them in order to trade nifty futures on nse right of course uh but if you have like say a dozen uh you know uh crypto exchanges in india they're all trading the same thing bitcoin is the same no matter where you trade no but the price so, are price is set uh <clears throat> price is set in a different way right see price is set by the marginal trade right so the next trade always sets the price so so the question becomes you know if it is the same asset being traded everywhere then you know you can be the arbiter that make sure that all prices fall in line yeah so yeah. uh so there are multiple things you can do if uh you know if there is a race to uh to actually if they're all looking to ramp up volume and okay uh, and they're all trading the same thing anyway so uh so you're saying that uh, the 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 same stock market like algorithms could be applied and there were some interesting angles there for you yeah there's huge potential there um and uh, you know even from a nerd point of view right even if you're not here to make the money uh just looking at how these things work uh from a socio a social point of view is also interesting yeah right? it is uh <clears throat> so anyway uh we, we are done with our hour so do oh. you want to wind it up for the year uh yeah let's wind it up for the year i think uh, uh we went to pretty much everything on the list um yeah so, i think we have covered pretty much most of it um so oh yeah we see funding uh yeah we see funding uh, <laughs> it's all well known anyway so <laughs> yeah. all right so uh so this is a uh, great uh tejas fee so thank you uh for uh, joining us for an hour of uh, yes. cryptomania right <laughs> yeah let's uh, let's meet each other again in 2022 uh, have a good year guys everybody have a have a fun new year and hope everything everybody is safe uh, take care from uh, omicron i guess is the new one <laughs> with that uh, ominous note let's close it all right cheers man cheers good night